more. This is Equip and Empower, the Christine Kane podcast. For everyone who desires to bring hope, create change, and live out their God-given destiny with passion and joy. Here's your host, Christine Kane. Hi, and welcome back to our Hello Summer series here on the Equip and Empower podcast. I'm Chris, and if you're just joining us, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to the episodes in this series that you've missed. It's certainly not too late, and I'm believing God it's really going to bless you. I am pumped for today's episode because we're talking about how to fight against distractions. There are literally hundreds of things competing for our attention every single day, and it is leaving many of us battling loneliness, depression, and discouragement like never before. But there is another way. And this episode, it's going to empower you to take a few minutes each day to unplug from the world around you and to connect with God on a deeper level so that you can experience His love and peace as you go about your day. I hope you're ready. Let's dive in. that you've joined us today. I know that God has a word for you. We are talking about what it is to unplug so that we can plug into God. We live in a world that is connected 24-7. It is awesome. There's some great benefits to that. I love that because I travel all around the world. I love to, you know, be on my phone and stay connected to my family and stay connected to my friends all over the world, stay connected to my staff and team. But it is really dangerous when you get to a point that you can no longer ever turn this thing off. And there are people that literally just start to go cold turkey if their phone is going to be turned off. You know, they say to us that with this generation that the average person spends more than eight hours a day on their phone and laptop, eight hours a day. And most people have their phone turned on all the time, even in bed. In my family, we don't have that. I mean, the the phones are out of the bedrooms during nighttime. Not during nighttime can the kids have the phones on. I can't even believe the damage it must do to have a phone on 24-7. It says that most young adults, this will freak you out, send an average of 110 texts a day. 110 texts a day. That's what the average are. It's just we've grown up in a generation that doesn't know what it is to ever be disconnected. And that's largely because, uh, you know, we have our information, we have our communication, and we have our entertainment right here in our pocket all the time. And, you know, I grew up in an era where you didn't have all those things. If you wanted to be entertained, you had to go somewhere to be entertained. You couldn't just pull it out of your pocket and go, here we go, I'm going to play games with somebody on the other side of the world. And I'm going to be in this virtual game. You know, if I wanted to communicate, I had to use a phone that was at home or write a letter. I didn't just pull it out of my pocket and go, oh, I'm just going to talk to my friend in France right now. That's what I'm going to do. Like I can do that. That's what. And I just think it's absolutely normal. Well, growing up, it was not normal that I would pull out my phone in Australia and talk to my friend in real time in France or FaceTime them and talk to them. But that's the world that you and I live in. We are so used to being connected 24-7 that we almost have this sense that we feel this need that we have to be available all the time. We, we have to be there all the time. And so the fact is that if our external world, if it's just full of people and full of connection and full of activity all the time, where on earth do you get time? 
to replenish? Where on earth do you get time then to say, hang on, I need to have some time with God. I need to hear the voice of God. Many of us, we're not hearing the voice of God and primarily through His Word because we're so busy staying connected to people. We're so busy being connected to the internet that we don't make time for God. Do you realise that God is more real than the virtual world? But for a whole generation, they don't understand that. They think that, you know, the internet and the virtual world and the digital world is more real than God. It, it makes me laugh. Like we freak out some people and some traditions and denominations are like, oh, leave all the supernatural stuff out. I'm like, really? I've got a generation that wakes up and talks to, hey, Siri. Yeah. I'm like, how normal is that? You think I'm weird because I say, hi, God. You go, gee, she's talking to herself. I'm like, someone pushes a button. My Siri's not activated because I refuse to talk to her. So imagine, <laughs> hi Siri. And this is what people do. People think God is like Siri. They have these conversations. Hi Siri, what do you think I feel like for dinner tonight? <laughs> people think, people, you should ask, you should see Google one time because of course we're all on the internet. Siri's most frequently asked questions. It'll freak you out. <laughs> It'll freak you out what people talk to Siri about. <laughs> Siri's not real. God's real. Alexa's not real. Alexa, change the air conditioning. We think this is, I just need you to see the kind of world we live in. We talk into a machine and the machine talks back. Siri, what do you think I want, want to eat? Siri, which way am I going to go? Siri, can you tell me what blah? And you know what? We start to relate to God like that. Hey, so God, what do you think I might feel like? Where do you think I might want to go? God, I need an answer on this, this and this. And we treat God like Siri. And I'm like, uh, sweetheart, God made the world, Siri didn't. God's real, Siri's not. And if we're not careful, you know, I said that this series could be one of the most important series that I've ever done. It might not be the one that will bring the roof down and shout everyone down. But I'll tell you, we're missing something. When we have a generation that just thinks Siri is real and God's not, I want you to just wonder where we're going with all of that. And when we start to treat God like we treat Siri, as if somehow God's our sugar daddy. Tell me this and give me this and do this. And honestly, Siri, that's just bugs me. I'm going to change your voice. <laughs> I don't like how you sound and what you're delivering and what you, and you go, wow. Don't think that's the God in the Bible. Don't think the Hebrew name for God is Siri. It's okay. I don't think that's the case. But what happens to us is we don't realise that the spiritual supernatural realm is more real than the digital virtual world. But we are so used to that digital virtual world in our pockets that we relate to it more like reality than we do to God and the supernatural. Now that can be dangerous for a generation. That can be really dangerous. You don't just go, hey Siri, can you fight this spiritual battle for me? Siri, you know, I know the weapons of my warfare. I'm not warring against flesh and blood, but against, you know, powers and principalities. And so can you just like go to fight for me? Siri is not your angel. And we got a generation that doesn't know what's in this word, that wouldn't know how to fight a spiritual battle. But look, it says it up here. Hey, Siri, can you fight the spiritual battle for me? <laughs> Sorry, I can't take in all those words at once. Can you try again? <laughs> Let me tell you, God can take in all of those words at once. God can take in all of those words at once. But in our text where Jesus healed the leper, 
And then the crowds came and it went viral. Jesus' meetings went viral. And the Bible says that Jesus stepped away. I love this. It says that he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. So he didn't even go to places that were lush and that were green and that were full of, he went to desolate places. But we don't like desolate places. We don't like it. We're going to pull out our phone and play a game. We're going to pull out, pull out our phone and download an app because, I, God, I feel dry. God, it's just hard. I, I don't feel like I've heard from you for like 30 seconds. <laughs> and God, you just haven't entertained me like I think that you should and you didn't give me what I wanted. And so I don't like this desolate place because it's just so hard. And like, you know, I know that I said I'm going to keep myself morally pure and I mean, I haven't swiped right for one day. <laughs> For one day, God, you're so lucky to have me. (laughs) And it is amazing to me. We have one day of dryness, one day of a desolate place, and we don't know what to do. Some friend doesn't call us. We don't get invited to that party. We're not in the little click thing. And all of a sudden, we've got to fill that place with activity. We've got to fill that place with other people because we don't know what to do. And Jesus is saying, hey, I went away to desolate places to find my father. Do you think that maybe you could find God in that desolate place? Do you think that place of stillness, that place, do you think that maybe God has made sure that for a season your friends have pulled back? Do you think that maybe God has orchestrated this situation where you're alone and you feel like, man, why does it seem like nobody is with me? Why does it seem like this isn't working out? Do you think that maybe God's trying to say, I want some time with you? I want some time with you. I want to get to know you. I want to speak to you. I've got some things I want to say to you. But if you keep filling all of your desolate space time with activity and more and more activity, how are we going to move forward? And, you know, I was reading a book from a woman called Nancy Collier and she said some fascinating things about this era of staying connected and and 24-7. And the fact is that, you know, our connection with God is the only thing ultimately that's going to keep our hearts pure, that's going to keep us on mission with what God has called us to do. He is the one that gives us our strength and our joy and our sense of peace and our significance and our security. And I think so many of us are spiralling out of control and feeling anxiety and depression in unprecedented rates because we just stay plugged in to a virtual world 24-7. And this is what Nancy Collier said. I thought it was fascinating. She said, the more virtual friends and followers we acquire, the more connected and loved we feel. How scary is that? So it's not even like the friends we have in the real world. But if we get more followers and more friends, we feel, we actually have a dopamine rush. We feel like people love us. The more likes we get for our opinions and our ideas, the more liked we feel and the more we like ourselves, which means if that was how it was working, that means if I posted and it got a lot of likes, oh, I feel good and I like myself. And if I posted something that God wanted me to post but nobody liked, I wouldn't like myself. That's a dangerous way to live. If I live like that, that would be so bad because then I wouldn't be doing the TV shows that I felt that the Lord was speaking to me about to speak about and I wouldn't speak prophetic truth. I would just tickle people's ears because that's what people like. So if you live for the approval of man, you will die by the criticism of man. And so you have to be very careful. She goes on to say, the more we communicate, the data shows, the more entertainment we consume all the time, we 
feel less bored. Now, I'm talking about feeling. I'm not talking about what's actually really happening, but these short-term feelings, we keep trying to get more of this because I don't feel lonely if I'm being entertained. I don't feel lonely if I'm on there and I'm writing on the internet and I feel like people are, even people I don't know, people I've never met, people that have no responsibility uh, for me or for our relationship, people that may never stick up for me, but I just feel really good in this moment because I feel like I'm connected. She says, the more information we amass, the more interesting we feel that we become. So if I just know more, I think that I'm more interesting. The easier we make our lives, we believe, the better that we will be. We believe that if other people know more about our lives, then our lives feel more real to us. That's a really scary thought that my life can only feel real to me if you think, you know, people joke, but I don't think it's that um, untrue when people say, you know, if it's not on Instagram, did it really happen? Because a whole lot of people think I've got to post this. And I'm like, how about you live the moment rather than have to just post the moment? So we believe that if the world knows who we are, we will know who we are. And if you only see yourself through what others see about you, that's a really shallow way to live. And so at the end of the day, with enough virtual destinations to choose from, we're going to find ourselves somewhere we want to be other than where we are right now because we have access to that. And we think that we have to keep up with technology if we don't want to be left behind, if we want to actually be connected. But here is the reality. Every single one of us desperately needs to feel grounded, connected, and satisfied. Every single one of us, we were created by God for a relationship with God. It is Jesus that connects us to God. It's Jesus that connects us to the grace of God. We were created for community. God places the solitary in families. God sets every member of His body in place. We were never designed to live a virtual life. We were designed to live a real life in a real world with real people having real interactions. True satisfaction does not come from things or the noises on our devices. People live for notifications. And then they think that they're nobody if nobody notifies them. I'm thinking, wow, God's trying to get your attention nonstop. And so at the end of the day, the only way you get like God is by beholding Him. You become what you behold. And if all you're beholding is this phone and yourself and other people, you're not becoming like Jesus. What happens is we're getting a dopamine rush from instant answers. We're getting a dopamine rush from instant likes. I mean, there is a physical, chemical thing that is happening to our generation because we're running to this instead of running to this. Instead of running to the Word of God and allowing God to be our source and allowing God to be our provision. Can you imagine? If I was as desperate for a Holy Ghost download as I was for a new app download, can you imagine what we would be like if we were as desperate for the things of God and for the supernatural realm as we are for the virtual realm? It is amazing to me that in some traditions and places we've said, you know, the gifts of the Holy Spirit ceased in, after the books, of the Acts of the Apostles. I'm like, man, 
You have no problem believing in a virtual reality. You have no problem staying connected to a virtual digital world. Why would you not want to think a supernatural world is real? That there is, we serve a supernatural God. He has filled us with His Holy Spirit and He has given us gifts of the Holy Spirit so that we can operate in this world. But if you do not get alone with God, stir up that gift of faith, get strong in the things of God, get strong and planted in the house of God, then you are not going to flourish. The only way to flourish is to get strengthened in God, to be filled with God, to get a heavenly download from God, which means you've got to be in the presence of God. We've got to be in the presence of God. And so the fact is that, you know, I love technology that makes people's lives better. I mean, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. I thank God for the technology, the medical technology that was able to be used to bring healing into my life. I, I love driving. I love refrigerators. I love, I love, oh, thank you, Jesus. I love technology that makes our life better. So when I'm talking about the fact that we need to immerse ourselves in God and His Word and not just in technology. I'm talking about the technology that occupies our attention most of the days, you know, our smartphones and email and social media and that we have a relationship with these things that is deeper than our relationship with God. And can you imagine if I said I need to open what God says about something before I open what Twitter says about something, that I want to behold God's greatness and God's glory before I want to behold the latest image on Instagram. I want to hear what God says before I hear what the news feed says and what's going on. I want God to be my rush and my source and my strength. I don't want to have to get a dopamine rush from what I'm seeing on here to make that happen. And so, you know, when was the last time that you consciously unplugged from people so that you could plug into God? When was the last time that you did that? Are we more anxious but less present in our lives and in our world. When was the last time you were really present with the person that was across the table, where you were looking in their eyes, where you didn't even have a phone on the table, where you didn't even have a phone so you could be engaged? I come in and come in and see my staff when I do and I leave my phone in my bag so that I can go into their office and find out about all their love lives. Most of them are single, so please come and see my staff and you can come and marry them all out. But I, I, I wanna know what's happening. I'm Greek, matchmaker, matchmaker, you know, that's the way that it goes. But the fact is, have you ever been out with those people that, you know, mid-sentence, maybe their phone, their watch goes off and, and it's like you're not even there. They're just looking at that. You go, oh, excuse me for being here with you, having a coffee appointment. <laughs> that, that is one of the worst things in the world in which we're in, that you feel like the person that's with you wants to be anywhere else except with you. And there is nothing worse than not feeling seen, than not feeling like you are there. One of the, I really truly believe one of the greatest evangelistic tools in our generation is that you would actually give the person that you're with the gift of attention. I think if you do that, people will be so shocked. They go, well, what is wrong with this person? They're not checking their phone and they actually care about me that you can look at someone and go, man, you matter so much to God, you matter to me. You are where I am in this moment and where I am right now. It would change everything. And so, so many of us, we are relentlessly available to everyone all the time and we're wondering why we're so hyper-stressed. We're wondering why we're so freaking out. And I, I see it. 
people are, are coping, are just trying to cope through life by basically becoming a robot. They're just kind of going through life, answering texts, answering emails, answering, or, or getting addicted to substances, just going, man, I've just got to get through this. I'm just going to pop a pill. I'm just going to drink an extra and just trying to get through life. They're not thriving. They're not flourishing, not living in the fullness of the abundance of what Jesus Christ died and rose again to give us, but just barely getting by, falling into bed at night, barely getting enough sleep, staying connected all the time. And it's killing us. It is literally killing us. And yet Jesus himself said, he went to desolate places. There's a revival happening. And he took some time out to go to a desolate place. It wasn't even a trendy, cool place. A desolate place to plug into God. If he needed it, how much more would we? Because there is a vicious cycle that comes out of this. The more available we become, the more available we believe we need to be. It's just you're going to get on this hamster wheel. You know, we believe we cannot be important in life and to others on a part-time basis. We just start believing these lies. We believe that if we take time for ourselves, then we're taking time away from people that really need us. All of these are unhealthy. The best gift that you can give to your family, to your friends, to your colleagues, to the people at work is a healthy you, is a good you. We believe our level of importance is directly proportionate to the level of our availability. And that means that you're broken on the inside. If, you, if your whole world has to just orbit around, if it can't folk exist without you, there's something wrong. You know, the day that A21 or Propel, or, or if, if, if I am the linchpin, meaning like if it cannot orbit outside of me, then the thing is I'm in the wrong thing. I'm in the wrong thing. And um, I've got people all over the world have empowered them and delegated. And, you know, I'm a set and forget. I set it and I forget it. It's your responsibility now. And that's how I'm going to sleep at night. And, you know, it doesn't mean I abdicate responsibility. It doesn't mean I, I abdicate. It's not like you, you give people and then you suddenly have no responsibility for it anymore. But you let people do what they need to do and go, you know what? I cannot be on call for 24-7 for this thing because otherwise I'm not God. And not only that, Jesus himself, who was God, didn't do that. Therefore, why would I do that if Jesus didn't do that? I don't know when we thought we could become God because we are not God, because even if that's what we think God does, then we are not reading the God of the Bible because God himself did not do that. So there's something wrong with us when we think we've got to be on call 24-7. There's something wrong with us if we think this thing's not going to make it without me. Then you know what? Jesus himself, there was a revival happening. He said, I'm going to pray. So knock yourselves out. <laughs> knock yourselves out. This is going to be... Awesome. So you know what? I wonder how your soul is. The scripture says in 3 John 2, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as is your soul. Beloved, I pray that you prosper and are in good health even as your soul prospers. Is your soul prospering? Because what I see across a generation across the world is people whose souls are not prospering, people full of anxiety and depression and people that are not getting enough rest and people that are not eating well and people that are not healthy. And, you know, we just believe everyone's trying to catch up and I feel like I haven't got enough time. And other people are saying, you know what, I'm just going to go to sleep when I'm in heaven. I'm like, honey, you're going to get to heaven really quick. The way that you are going and you're not going to be effective here on earth. You are going to be no spiritual of no spiritual value if you are just broken down on the inside. And so, you know what happens? I think our phones are getting smarter, but I'm not sure that we are. <laughs> our souls are generally not prospering. We are more connected, but we are more disconnected than we have ever been in our feelings. We have more and more 
and we are increasingly anxious about what we don't have. We know more and more, but we don't know what to do with the more and more that we know. You know, we do more and more and we still don't have time to do it all. We see more and more and we keep looking for more. There's something wrong. There's something wrong with this equation. What we have to do is stop. We have to simplify and we have to go, the, the goal isn't just more. I don't know what we thought was, man, if I just do more, if I just see more, if I just have more, and you notice no one's ever got enough, everyone's still feeling empty. Everyone's still feeling like it's not enough, but I don't have what that, that's because your ultimate satisfaction is gonna be found only in Christ. Paul writes, I have learned to be content. My contentment is in Christ. This thing 24-7 is going to keep you discontent. You're never going to feel like you've got enough time. You're never going to feel like you've got enough money. You're never going to feel like you've got enough resources. You are never going to feel like you've got enough talent. So you've got to get out of that. You've got to get into the Word of God and you've got to see the fullness of all that you have in Him. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing that is in Christ Jesus. He has blessed us. We must Learn to be with God apart from people. We must. You know, the fact is in the year 2000, the average attention span was 12 seconds. And by 2015, it had fallen to 8.25 seconds. Now, let me just give you the comparison. A goldfish has a 9.25 second attention span. (laughs) And it's dropped since 2015. Humans have less of an attention span than a goldfish. What does that tell you when our Bible says, fix your eyes on Jesus? That you're to set your goal. I think the enemy has come to try to get us off course because if we're going to run our race and we're going to finish our course, we need an attention span that's more than 280 characters and more than 8.25 seconds. We need an attention span that is going to help us run our race and finish our course. See, we have a screen between us and the real world. We have filters and we have edits. And I think what has happened to us and our relationship with God is we end up filtering our relationship with God. We kind of put a screen between us and God. We don't know how to relate to people. It's like an effort for us to relate to people in real time. It takes real energy. And so we are longing to be seen. We're longing to be known, but we end relationships by text. We don't even call people. We don't even talk to people. We don't even treat people as human beings created in the image of God anymore. We think nothing of not keeping our word and just not turning up for an appointment, just sending a text, I forgot, or not even sending a text. Maybe we've been friends with someone for years and then just send a text. You know what? I'm just dropping back. You know what? I don't want to date you anymore. You know what? This is, and we just treat people like disposable objects because we're not up close with people in flesh and blood anymore and we're so used to a screen between us and everybody else that we just kind of just send a text, send a tweet. We talk to people on social media like they're not real human beings created in the image of God. And if you don't think that's affecting your relationship with God, it is. Let me tell you, it affects how you see God. It affects how you interact with God. It affects the intimacy and the reality of your relationship with God. So it is time for many of us to unplug plug from the world so that we can do what Jesus did. We can go to a desolate place and we can plug in to our Father. That's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. Amen? Amen. Thanks for listening today. We hope today's message has encouraged and helped you. 
By the way, we'd love to see you positioned to experience all the great things God wants to do in your life. And we've got a special gift that'll help you do that. Just go to christinecane.com forward slash podcast devotional and download your free copy of Christine's 14-day devotional, Spiritual Growth Spurts.